thousand feet up, breaking all the lights on the doors. And I ain't seen no ceilings. We came in through the top floor. You're listening to Feminist Killjoys, PhD, an hour of feminism, pop culture, and politics. discussed by two professional killjoys. I'm Rachel. And I'm Melody. And today we'll be discussing Lemonade. Uh by the Beyonce album, obviously, um, not the beverage. And we're also going to kind of specifically talk about why it took us this long to discuss it. Um, there are some folks that we know that are like, we know you guys are super into Beyonce, and this was like a giant thing in the news. Like, why haven't you talked about it? And we're going to explain why. Uh, but first, before we get into all that, where can our listeners find us on the, on the internet, Melody? They can find us on Twitter, FKJ underscore PhD. You can find us on Facebook, search for Feminist Killjoys PhD. We have a website, feministkilljoyspodcast.com. We are also on iTunes. You can subscribe there or your other favorite uh, podcast subscription app. And we're going to do an Instagram account soon, so look forward to that. But did, uh, did we get any more iTunes reviews yet? Rachel? Yes, we did. We did? Um, we did. Tell uh, me about it. Um, so this is from Lacey Davis, who we've talked about on the show before. Um, and she says, I want to hear Rachel and Mel's thoughts on every single topic in the world. These oh. ladies are smart AF as fuck, for those of you who don't know internet talk. Um, <laughs> funny, conscious, humble, and I learn something or a new way to look at or a new way to look at something every time I listen. I love this podcast, all caps. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lacey. Obviously, Thanks, you know, Lacey. I'm obsessed with you, so I appreciate that. Um, so, Intra woman obsessions. Totally into it. Should happen more often. Indeed. So yeah. So leave us a review, and we'll read yours as well, or not. You can also put a note in there saying, "I really like you guys, but I don't want you to read this," or just make up a, fu- a funny name so nobody knows it's you. Anyway, that's that. Cool. cool. what's your week been like since we last chatted um i finished my grades so i'm done with school which brings me yay yay but also like yeah mix of emotions yep about that and i'm drinking out of my drake tears mug because he's performing on saturday saturday night live tonight Mm -hmm. very excited about that i'm going to the lynx home opener tonight they're fun. playing against Phoenix Mercury, who has Brittany Griner. She's still oh, on the team. Yeah. Oh, fun. Except you can't, like, I'm always like, she's so dreamy. But you can't really say that because she is a domestic abuser. Okay. Well, Do you remember Brittany Griner with the tattoos? Tall? Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, I okay. know. Okay. Okay. She, okay. Is, she is dreamy. And I know about the abuse thing, too. And I just, I think that's, the, we can, maybe we can have an episode on this. But I'm just not, tell me your thoughts. I'm not defending abuse. But it's that story felt complex. We can talk about it another time. Oh, yeah, I understand. Anyway, anyway, okay, fine. I will uh, let go of my lifestyle politics and just (laughs) fawn over her this evening. (laughs) Turn that part of your brain off just for a second. Oh, yeah, and then get back to it. If people listened last week to the lifestyle politics one, 
I, the minute I gave, uh, like, ended the podcast, I went out and, like, broke all of my lifestyle politics. I was very <laughs> influenced by this pod, my own podcast. I drove to Whole Foods. Wow. I got coffee with a paper mug. Like, yeah, wow. Uh, I shopped at Prana, the... Yeah, the yoga place. Mm-hmm. I got $75 yoga pants for myself. Wow. Did it feel good? Or- <sighs> it felt complicated. Actually... This wasn't part of the plan of that podcast, but let me tell you real quick because it's about gender stuff. Mm-hmm. I went in there to get shorts for my partner mm-hmm. who wears men's clothing, but I needed to try them on. So mm-hmm. I was just, they're like shorts for me. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting going, because I pretty much buy clothes, um, like women clothes, so I never really deal with shopping um, across genders, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting to like force the the salesperson to like talk to me like to sell me men's shorts and to yeah. like talk about my body and what would fit mm-hmm. um so I tried them on and then I wanted to get some yoga pants I do know that Prana has like baggier they have I know they sell men's pants that are baggier because I don't yeah. like to wear skin tight pants all the time yeah so but you can't find if you're a woman bodied you can't find baggy yoga pants right like, nobody makes them except for Prana so um they so I so they they showed me the women's kind first, but then the other salesperson is like, "Why don't you bring her the men's yoga pants?" I was like, "Yes, mm, nice." Cool. So I tr- you know Good. they learned they're like, "Oh, there's some people where you can bring them both genders of cl- gendered clothes is also just stupid." Yeah, in some ways, like yeah, there's no difference between the pants I was trying on. Right. But uh, anyway, so that was whew, that was my lifestyle politics explosion yeah, slash. Wow. Uh, making people think through gendered shopping. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Is their job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's a long check in. Oh, Sorry. How are you? What's up? No, that's okay. Um, just another busy week. Um, working at the yoga studio and grading all the papers, lots of final papers trickling in, um, and late assignments that I'm grading. Um, I did have a tiny break of fun. I went to, um, a show on Thursday night. My friend, knows people at the venue and so we were on the list so it was free which is always nice this band Eskimo that a band that I like love very much so I was glad to um, see them that was fun and that's mostly it not not too much to report just can't wait to be finished with grading hey can I say one more thing about what we were talking about last week yeah. You know how I was saying, you know, oh, I was encouraging you to see things more like your individual actions do make a difference. Yeah. So as a funny, another funny example of this, I have a feminist mentee and she told me that I have to be very vague about this because of the material that I'm about to say. But she told me she's sleeping with somebody who's like actively involved in like a feminist media production. Mm-hmm. And so... um but, like, we had taught when she was younger, we talked a lot about, like, empowerment through sexuality and how, mm-hmm. like, it's okay to, like, not be in monogamous relationships. Mm-hmm. So when she told me that, um, when she told me who she was uh, sleeping with, it, it's, like, a big feminist person. I was like, yeah. yes, feminist success story. I, like, <laughs> ha-ha, I, like, am, I've empowered you. And she's like, yeah, I know. Thank you so much. So I would like to take credit for this very vague uh, feminist success story of somebody okay. sleeping with a feminist media icon. Cool. That's that's exciting. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure we're all like trying to 
brainstorm who it could be. Um, that's, that's you'll fun. never guess. I'll tell you off air. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, right. <laughs> sorry, random. Just um, made me think of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, people, people like that um, last episode. I heard um, I had a good, some good conversations about it with people. So I'm glad, I'm glad it gets people thinking. All right, so on to our recurring segment. It's had a bunch of different names, but I think we're calling it Who's Ruining the Dinner Party because it's this idea that, you know, we rant about stuff and people are like, ugh, like, we're just trying to have a good time. Why do you have to, like, do this? So, like... Yeah, like, we're why? Not, <laughs> we're not ruining the dinner party. The thing we're complaining about is ruining the dinner party. Um, so mine is kind of... I don't know. I guess it's kind of a weird one today. Um or like a lighter one, I guess. Mm -hmm. But this was actually kind of big a couple weeks ago and I just didn't, we just didn't get to it on the podcast. But um, Molly Worthen, a writer for the New York Times, published this article called Stop Saying I Feel Like. And it just remind, and it does what I'm about to say. And it reminds me also of other articles that I've read that are, that say things like stop saying like, or women should stop hedging. It's very much this sort of trend of usually women writers um, policing the way that policing like feminized ways, feminized ways of speaking. And I'm going to acknowledge that feminized ways of speaking are socially constructed and that there is no like natural or essential way that women or people with particular, um, you know, uh, genitals like speak but that many women are socialized to say things like I feel like or to say the word like a lot or to hedge or to, um, you know, clar qualify things, things like that. And I just feel like, there it is, I feel like, um, that all of the these sort of think pieces, they, they come at it at this very ostensibly kind of pro-women way where they're like assert yourself it's very like lean in-esque kind of stuff like you don't need to say I feel like you don't need to say the word like like rrr. but I just think that it's really examples of internalized misogyny that we need to punish and police this this way of speaking that isn't super assertive and I think that what we need more of in the world is acceptance of multiple ways of communicating instead of more people fitting into this sort of socialized masculinist framework of conversation. Oh, Rachel. <laughs> what? Do you disagree? I totally, yeah. You know I disagree with that. That. Well, tell, we'll expand on it. Oh, I just, I was just at the hair salon. I was like just at the hair salon and no, I was at the hair salon <laughs> and this woman was driving me nuts because she's like, oh my God, look at my Instagram. I mean, like, do you think the hair is good like this? I mean, I don't know. And just like that inflection and it just drove me insane. But I don't know if the insanity is about her not speaking as quote unquote intelligently as she could. Or if it's about my internalized misogyny, which I would be happy to own if that was the case. Um, it's just, I feel like in public, it just really grates at my nerves when women speak like that. Because sometimes, I think with my students, I've definitely heard it where I know how a woman will talk, but then she'll start talking differently if she's flirting with a guy, like dumb down her speaking. Mm -hmm. And it just, I don't know, I'm just not, I'm not on your boat, but... I'd be, right. ha I'd, happy, I'd be happy to unpack it f in a fuller, longer session. Okay, well, maybe we can do a whole episode on, like, 
on this topic, but I don't know. I'm very, this, this always reminds me of Kathleen Hanna from um, Bikini okay. Kill and La Tigra because mm-hmm. she talks like a valley girl mm-hmm. and she talks about how she talks like a valley girl mm-hmm. and how she's still like fucking owned, you know, the punk scene, even though she, and was like, a, is obviously one of like the most like, in terms of like particular sex of white lady feminism, like uh, everybody's hero. And, uh, uh you know, talks like a valley girl and says mm-hmm. like, and, uh, um, you know, the whole riot girl thing was like, kind of like acting, not really necessarily acting like little, but like dressing like girly, like mm-hmm. young girly and, and saying like, and wearing pigtails and like still being super, super powerful. So I don't know, I'm really invested in, and this is actually a really, really good segue into our topic about the debates around lemonade because I'm just so invested in not dismissing um, what we label in our society as femininity and like feminine things. So, uh, do you want to talk about Leslie Jones really quick, or do you want a segue? Into- no, I want to. I just want to mention it really quick. Okay. Because this is a total. This is my critique here is like the epitome of feminist killjoys. I think. Did you see the spot? I haven't seen it yet. I know you posted it on my wall, but so. Um, so Drake is on Saturday Night Live, obviously, tonight, and Leslie Jones is one of the only African-American women uh, cast members on SNL, so they were doing some spots together. Not, I don't know if those two go together. Anyways, two black people hanging out doing a spot for Drake being on yeah. SNL. But the whole shtick, like all of the laughs, was about Leslie Jones sexually harassing Drake. Mm. Like, she puts yeah. her hand on his butt, and then he says... Leslie, like, can you not put your hand on my butt? I'm trying to do the spot. And um, she wants him to do the promo with her, him sitting on her lap mm-hmm. and like forces him to do it, like gives him mm-hmm. like a death stare. And I'm like, if this, if the roles were reversed, I mean, I, I sound like a, the white guy in the classroom, but like if the roles were, rever- would be reversed, we'd be like sending in letters, you know? And it made me really uncomfortable because, yeah. like, he was clearly getting sexually harassed. I mean, that was the joke, and he right. is a brilliant actor and played along with it. I love you, Drake. But uh, it just really bugged me. I was like, mm-hmm. because I think, and again, this will tie in with the Beyonce, our Beyonce comments today, but it's not as if we want to gain power and empowerment the idea is not to reverse rules it's not like okay now it's our time to sexually harass men since they've been doing it to us for so long mm-hmm. um that's like not that's not my deal like that's not what i want to see mm-hmm. i'm sure i'll contradict myself today in the podcast at some point but that like that's not funny to me i think mm-hmm. like sexual harassment is sexual harassment and men are uncomfortable with it too they don't feel like they can speak up about it mm-hmm. because they're just supposed to take any female attention that they can get they're supposed to you know lavish in it and brag that they're getting all this attention Mm -hmm. but women can sexually harass men all genders can harass all genders and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyways it just bothered me yeah um that's interesting that's kind of one of leslie jones's like shticks Mm -hmm. like she she does that to she has like a regular appearance on the news portion of snl and kind of harasses um I think Colin Jost is his name. The white guy um, or the black guy? The white guy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's a really interesting figure in comedy. And, uh, again, I mean, as sort of as we're about to say, like, our opinions on sort of, like, 
her expression of like black womanness is like not quite as not really that important as white women. Um, but she's a super interesting um, person uh, to sort of as like as a public figure and as a black comedian. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll well, we'll see, we'll see what happens on SNL tonight. I'll be I'll be watching with popcorn yeah. and white wine. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. Maybe I'll buy his. Uh, he's got whiskey. I don't even know if you can get it in the, in America. Drake has a whiskey label up brand. Yeah. What? Uh huh. I, like, I love whiskey. Yeah, Me I too. And I, Virginia Black. Wow. How have I not known about this? Uh, I don't know. Um, he was on Jimmy Fallon last night. It was really funny. I watched clips. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyways, Jimmy Fallon okay. is surprisingly funny. I'm going way off topic. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to our main discussion about lemonade. So unless you're living under a rock, you probably know that Beyonce released an almost hour-long, um, basically, movie of her album and its sort of consecutive music videos in a row that are kind of are tied together. Um, they're not necessarily like telling a narrative story from start to finish, but there's there's common threads. Um, and it was first released on HBO, and it, it just showed live, and then it disappeared from HBO. And then now it's available on Title, and that's Beyonce and Jay Z's record label um, slash music distributing service kind of thing. Uh, and you can watch it there. Uh, for and you get a free trial month and then you have to pay um, so that's the sort of gist of it do you want to say anything else explaining it that a lot of the discussion around it in some circles was about whether it was a true story about Beyonce so when people watched it they all thought that Beyonce made an album about Jay-Z cheating on her right? because it was a uh, a theory that people have had for a long time. So that's what people were getting all amped up about. Yes. And there's explicit lines about cheating and other women and things like that. Yes. Well, yes. we'll, we'll discuss yeah. fiction versus nonfiction later, but that was the only thing that I would add. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and sorry. The, mm. uh, what's annoying for me is because I'm like way behind. I still live in 2002 I don't have like HBO. I don't have title. So like it's been very shut. I've been very shut off from this whole media explosion. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who had HBO or no, I don't know. He's, he's the, he gets stuff under the table. So that's the only reason I got to watch it. Otherwise like it's a, it's an interesting move. How elitist the access is to this media text. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's the sort of, that's what it is. And we also want to, like, make loud and clear um, a note about why we waited to talk about it. Um, first of all, we're actually not even going to be giving much of our opinions on the actual video. We're more going to be talking about the super smart and important voices of black people, mostly women, we'll be talking about today, who have give, given their perspectives. Um there was an article written, released like the day after the video came out by Damon Young, a black man who said basically like white people, like just, just wait, like, please, we really don't need your opinions filling up the internet. <laughs> like, please just like wait at least like a, at least, <laughs> yeah. a, at least a few days, at least a week. And then you can read all these really sh- smart and important deconstructions of the video by black people. 
And then if you still want to offer your analysis, then go ahead. But maybe you can actually start to include some of these black voices whose voices matter way the fuck more than yours. And so we really wanted to be mindful of that because I think that's a super important thing. Like, I mean, our opinion, again, as two white ladies, like talking about something that a lot of people would really say is not for us in terms of the sort of um, symbols and themes um, in the videos. Um, and so if you'd like, you can stop listening to us right now because I have recommendations of three um, of my favorite podcasts that are uh, people of color, um, Strange Fruit, Another Round, and the Podcasts of Color. All three of those um, talked about this, talked about Lemonade. So if you want to stop this now and tune into them, that'd be, that's fine. I'd also um, say uh, the, the Real is another one. Okay, great. Great. So we'll put those on the website. So feel free to just shut us off right now, or um, we're going to try to sort of summarize a lot of the discussion that's been had by, again, mostly black women um, in response to it. And, uh, you know, I, I, for one, for example, plan to teach Lemonade in my, I'm teaching a film, gender, sex, and film class next semester. And Fun. so, you know, so I'm interested in we're sort of approaching it as feminist media critics um, who acknowledge that we're white and are also fans of Beyonce. So yeah, anything else about positionality stuff, Mel? Nope, you said it well. Cool. Cool. So um, the biggest sort of, if you follow particular, you know, area spaces on the internet, you're probably seeing a lot of the buzz around the responses to the video as this sort of bell hooks versus basically everyone else. Um, so Mel, do you wanna remind our listeners who bell hooks is if they don't have the pleasure of getting to take classes and read her all day for their job? Like yes, yeah, so bell hooks is a very famous black feminist who's been around for many, many decades. She's considered an elder now in, you know, feminist world. And uh, she does a lot of work on representation. She has this great book called Black Looks, which is all about race and representation. It was one of the earlier scholarly books on that topic. Um, Patricia Hill Collins is another big uh, scholar in this field. But she also does a lot of theorizing about teaching and self-love and loving your students and teaching in a transgressive way. She is also not a huge fan of hip hop and has come out against hip hop culture for a very long time. I remember she got in a big fight with Michael Eric Dyson, uh, who is more sees more of the potential in hip hop than she does. And so Bell Hooks it, um, has very high standards for people, especially African-Americans um, and their media representations. And she has a very specific vision about how they should appear in the media. And um, hip hop is just not one of them. And so obviously when she talks about Beyonce, uh, she doesn't always have the, the most positive things to say about her. And so this is how the this is how the lemonade discussion has now gotten reinvigorated after all the initial black feminist thought pieces that were rah, 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 Beyonce. This is an amazing piece of art. Uh, Bell Hooks comes in with the final like and says her piece. So do you want to summarize that article a little bit? What like do you want to say what her, her opinion was? 
Yeah, so the essay she wrote is called Moving Beyond Pain, and she, how do you summarize this? I mean, she gives Beyonce a lot of credit for being a powerful black woman and using her image to promote black bodies, black women's bodies through her art, through her music and her music videos. But Bell Hooks is very aware that Beyonce is a form of, is a commodity and that Beyonce is an image that is sold to us and that we buy into. We spend lots of money buying Beyonce, you know, and so she's a commodity, part of the capitalistic system. Um, and so she says that. She also makes some comparisons to how Beyonce, it's like part of a longer slave narrative about being, you know, capitalism is her master. I guess she didn't really break down the, anal- the analogy too much, but, you know, mentioned that. Um, <clears throat> she also was saying she got really, Bell Hooks got really into the hold up section of the film. So if you've seen it, it's the one where she's on a soundstage. Well, sorry, that's like how they did it, but she's like going around smashing car windows. It's the most visually, you know, exciting part of the film. Lots of fire, mm-hmm. upbeat song, all that. Um, and so bell hooks takes that, that one section of the film and really breaks it down and says, basically like this Beyonce, um, you're not doing much for, domestic violence by promoting the sexualization of violence by you walking around in the sexualized dress and you know s- smashing cars like this is not helping um and so also part of that uh bell hooks takes little you have to really like read the essay carefully to pick out these moments but she makes jabs at beyonce's outfits and like how sexualized she is and this again goes back to the an old feminist debate about is it possible to dress in the way in which men find you attractive you know high heels boobs showing tight dresses and still be a feminist still be able to have feminist potential bell hooks would say no so she doesn't like what beyonce wears um so we'll make sure to link to the essay but that's basically i have some quotes that i want to talk about later but that's uh, I hope a good summary of what she yeah, said. That was, that was a really good summary. And also to give some context to sort of, this isn't the first time Bell Hooks has talked about Beyonce. She actually was in um, a discussion and called Beyonce a terrorist. And there was a lot of backlash for that considering, you know, what, you know, people define as terrorism and a lot of people not thinking that Beyonce was part of that. But that was really rooted in both this sort of um, economic and patriarchy um well economic and feminist critique of capitalism and the patriarchy um because she really understands Beyonce as somebody who is famous and important you know seems to be so important to people but that it's because of her excessive wealth and because of her beauty that Bell Hooks um again finds to be too uh, normative to what is referred to as like the male gaze. So the sort mm-hmm. of ways that women are objectified under patriarchy. So Beyonce is, you know, has a, um, you know, she's curvy, but she's still like a thin, thin woman. She's, you know, has long, long hair, blonde you know, hair, blonde hair. Um, yeah. Bell hooks is definitely, there's, you know, tons of important literature and discussions that 
black women um, activist authors and just black women in general have about you know hair and what is it and bell hooks has you know kind of pushed back on what does it mean that she has long sometimes straight blonde hair as a black woman uh sexy clothes etc cetera, etc cetera. so that sort of feud between bell and beyonce um has been you know it, this was pre-lemonade that she's been saying things like this so yeah so that's so that was Bell Hooks. And because Bell Hooks is so important to many feminists, obviously there was going to be sort of reaction to that because also many feminists who love Bell Hooks also love Beyonce. So it's like, fuck, mm. what do we do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the the women who responded to Bell, um, the, the black women whose voices we want to uh, to highlight, were not on the same page with her. Um, no. Were there any that stuck out to you that you want to talk about specifically? Not, I mean, not in particular. There's, we can link to this feministine roundtable that got put together that includes Melissa Harris Perry and mm-hmm. other, uh, of all genders, uh, black mm-hmm. feminists. And what I was surprised, I read all of them. I mean, the critiques kind of started repeating themselves, which is fine. Um, what I noted from them is nobody agreed with bell hooks, even slightly. And what I did is I read the essay first and I pulled out some sections that I agree with. I think if we want to do this, I mean, I would probably be more team bell hooks than Rachel would be, um, in us discussing this essay. And then I went over and read the feministine round table and I was really surprised. Nobody agreed with anything bell hooks said, um, And it was very clear that they're very hurt by what Bell Hooks said as a fellow African-American. And so I can't comment on that because I'm white. But I, it's very clear there's some, you know, internal pain that I can't tap into that I don't understand, frankly. Um, but it, it's very apparent because they were very upset with her. Um, right. For critiques that I thought were actually fair or like it didn't, it didn't seem so dramatic to me like people were I was like oh my god what did be you know what did she say about Beyonce and she didn't say anything about like she didn't use the terrorist word or like anything really too intense you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the worst that you know the thing that people kept coming back to was um her the the, they read Bell Hooks's essay as if Bell Hooks was asking Beyonce to end violence against women in her videos as if that was a possibility and saying like Beyonce you didn't do that you did not stop anything through your video so and that's what everybody was like you know and and I will say uh just one quick thing I will say is the beehive is very strong and I think um something we have to think about just as feminists you know white person is um you know, there's some people that we hold up on pedestals that are uncritiquable, you know, yeah. and Beyonce is one of them. You just can't. She does no wrong. And that's fine, because I think in a lot of ways she is wonderful. But really, it, it it's hard for me to find uh, when critiques of Beyonce come out, it doesn't go over very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of damaging because that's it's not very helpful for us to all be singing in the same choir of Beyonce. Mm-hmm. You know, like when we, she was on the Super Bowl and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Black Power and Malcolm X and 
Yes, totally. And then one of my students is like, uh, she doesn't have any pants on. She's mm-hmm. like in a leotard. I'm like, that is a good point. Like, we should talk about that. And then every, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's the backlash. Why? It doesn't matter. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there still should be room for us to critique you know, at least with Beyonce, it seems like the big thing is the hypersexualization thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we can still admire what she does and still critique her, but I think in this situation, like, critique is off limits. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Rachel? Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true. I think, and again, I think this also goes back to like, it's less okay for white people to critique any public black figures just because of what the implications of that are. Oh, right. Yes. So that's that's one thing. Um, it also reminds me of, actually, I assigned this essay in um, classes sometimes. It was this awesome long-form essay on autostraddle uh, about Beyonce and Nicki Minaj and respectability politics um, and how Beyonce being married with a kid. Um, and, you know, she did her, like, Mrs. Carter tour. Like, she's very <laughs> devoted to her, you know. And this yeah. is this is how Lemonade sort of thwarts this in really interesting ways. We see Beyonce talking about a not entirely perfect sort of heteronormative situation, the way that she's been constructed, you know, the Mm -hmm. the way that her life has been constructed. Um, And so I remember that that critique and I'm afraid I don't remember the author, so I'm not sure um, who the sort of positionality of the author, but it was a great piece that said, you know, and Nikki's sexuality is critiques for being hypersexual this and that because it's not in the confines of you know Beyonce has some like super sexy videos but we also Mm -hmm. know she's married and has a kid and like you know all this stuff whereas Nikki doesn't and so her sexuality is deemed like a lot more um excessive so there so there's been some 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 critiques of that sort of heteronormativity as well they did that song together Feeling myself. Feeling myself. Yep. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling I'm feeling myself. And that's a video where we're like, it's us together. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's totally cool. Two white girls being like, that's right, us. <laughs> right. And I have to say, um, I, in case it doesn't come up someplace else, that just reminded me. Mm-hmm. A lot of the podcasts that I mentioned that are people of color talking about Lemonade mm-hmm. just were like cracking up over how much white people tried to make it about us. Like the mm. Becky with the good hair, all these people being like, there's literally essays that are like, I too am Becky with the good hair. <laughs> it's like white women being like, you know, just trying to make, trying to make this thing about them. And so it's just funny because we're very obviously, impl- we try, try as we may, we're implicated in that because like we saw the feeling myself video and we're like, oh, look at that. Who would you be? I'd be, you know, you'd be Beyonce because you're taller. Like, um, and yeah, like, and you're like more, you're like hyper femi, so you'd right, have to be Nikki. Okay, right, exactly. Anyways, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> so no. I just want to point that out. Like, it's not, and that one of the their great points is like, black people and people of color have been consuming white media that like isn't reflecting them forever. Like, can't mm-hmm. we just fucking like take a back seat and like not try to make it about us? Like, maybe for once. Yes. Um, and yeah. actually, that brings me... Can I bring in something from Bell Hooks's essay mm-hmm. that I agreed with that I was like... Or that I was curious why the roundtable maybe didn't discuss as much. So, because that's what I loved about Beyonce's Lemonade and the Formation video and the Super Bowl performance is that, in my eyes, it wasn't directed towards a white audience. Um, mm-hmm. It was And it was for the black audience. But then Bell Hooks very early on in her essay says... 
that commodities, irrespective of their subject matter, are made, produced, and marketed to entice any and all consumers. Yeah. Yep. So she was disagreeing that Beyonce's work is targeted towards black people. And I said, when I was thinking about it, I was like, is that actually true? Like, I feel like maybe we're trained to consume media that doesn't speak to us, like all black people going to most movies, you know, Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. our Hollywood system Mm -hmm. that we just learn. Or like for me, superhero movies, like those are clearly not marketed to me, but I've learned how to find something in it to be interested in. Right. So I just thought that was really interesting that she took that. She took that stance saying that all media texts are like produced for all of us. Yeah, this is well, this is I think that's a super interesting point. And I actually agree that under capitalism, Mm -hmm. like and this goes back to the way Jay-Z and Beyonce released this on their record on their music site that you Mm -hmm. have to pay for. Like this is ultimately I agree. And this is where I do agree with Bell Hooks, because ultimately this is a product under capitalism and they don't give a shit if you're what color you are when you're listening, as long as you're going to pay for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, What I think. So that's like the you know, sort of vulgar economic analysis that I actually like to totally agree with. There's also this sort of cultural discourse element that I also think is important. And it's like, okay, so now that we know that that is technically for sale to anybody, what do, what do we do with it as consumers of it? And that's when we can, you know, as I guess white allies, maybe have some agency in not consuming it in ways that are as fucked up as they could be, maybe. How do we... Con- That's a good point. I mean, how do we consume Lemonade or, like, Kendrick Lamar's album? That's mm-hmm. just another big, like, very clearly made for Black audiences. Mm-hmm. How do we consume it in a not fucked up way? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe... I mean, I think that... Obviously not saying we're Becky with the good hair, because... No. <laughs> I didn't right. even, like... Th- Amazing. Yeah. The way people come up with. <laughs> I know, okay. I know. Yeah, no, it's weird. I mean, because, and this is actually, I may have mentioned this on the show before, but like, since it's only been in the last couple years that I've really started to like become a true, like a real fan of hip hop, like, uh-huh. it's like just yesterday, the new Chance the Rapper um, album came out and it's fucking beautiful. And I like posted something about it on Facebook and I felt like part of me felt like deleting it because I was like, ugh, I'm a white person, like talking about this new, like, album released by a black person that like this isn't like I don't know this is more like fucking white guilt shit though that we should we're ma- look we're making it about us melody like we just spent five minutes talking about <laughs> how, how can white people you know whatever so you started it I did start it I, to- I totally started it so let's let's get back <laughs> to the black voices that we've like been referring to so I think the bell hooks quote that you just read I I love that you brought that point up because I think it's important to talk about that everything under capitalism is for sale. Um, this also reminds me of, do you remember when Lauren Hill um, a million years ago said that her music wasn't for white people? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, um, but, you know, white people can still have access to it. So anyway, that's just a side yeah. note that reminds me of that. So, yeah, I don't have a good segue. Do you want me to just keep, bring, I can yeah. just keep bringing up points that yeah, from the keep, essay. Yeah, totally. I mean, so her essay, she starts with this very clear capitalistic uh, framework that capitalism, like this is like lemonade. It's almost, she almost makes you feel bad. 
for consuming it. She's like, you were duped by capitalism. Or, like, Beyonce duped you into buying all this stuff. And, I mean, that's clear through, like, putting it on HBO and title that there's, like, she wants to be making money. Um, And I find it really interesting how she's... um, So her and Rihanna have done this. The way that they release their music, it's messing with the Billboard 100 charts, like how it's usually how the sales are usually recorded and so and same with drake like they're all like topping out and breaking records not in the like traditional way that we used to track billboard numbers like going out and buying the album Mm -hmm. but like releasing all of the songs as singles um allows beyonce to have all her whole entire album as the top singles on the billboard charts anyway so just a side note it's really interesting from a media ownership perspective like how they're messing with billboard yeah um so that's gonna uh, very much be changing uh in the soon future in terms of like how we understand top songs and because i said on this podcast how rihanna had she had a top single or the album she it was a number one album because she gave away copies right right (laughs) it's just like okay yeah (laughs) um so i guess the the big thing that bell hooks talked about is her problem with beyonce showing violence Mm -hmm. being violent being a violent person so she said female violence is no more liberatory than male violence and that the black woman is always a victim and i said is she though is the black woman always a victim um Okay. Um, and so I was wondering what you thought about this female violence, you know, yeah, is female violence empowering? Because I got to tell you, when I watched that section of the film, I was like, you go like that. It made me feel good to watch another woman be so violent because yeah. we're socially trained to not be violent, right. to not know how, I mean, I would never have a gun, but you know, I was never encouraged to like learn how to use a gun or any kind of violent weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just never encouraged to be violent. We're encouraged to be quiet and, you know, mm-hmm. even yelling. Um, slash, I just wanted to bring up, it, it was interesting that Bell Hooks didn't bring in the angry black woman stereotype. Like, mm-hmm. she felt Beyonce was outside of that or something. Because she talked mm-hmm. about Beyonce as being violent, but not perpetuating the black, the angry black woman stereotype. So Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, let me throw all that stuff out. Anything, what do you think about all that? Well, the first thing that came to mind when I was reading the essay about the violence aspect was that she also, she kind of give she gives props to Beyonce, if I remember. Yes, there, yes, um, yeah. For, well, specifically for her sampling Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thinking about the Formation Super Bowl performance that is clearly in, you know, um, paying respect to the Black Panther movement, um, I... My stance on violence is very complicated. Um, I'm a Buddhist, so is Bell Hooks. So I, I and a yogi um, who tries really hard to practice non-harming in a lot of ways. But I'm also, um, again, since sort of identifying as a Marxist and learning more about historical revolutionary struggle, um, am supportive of, for example, like the Black Panthers walking around with guns because... Mm-hmm if the cops are going to have them, like, so so too should black men mm-hmm. um, and women. And so there's this, so there's that sort of, no, granted, the black, you know, she's, like, smashing cars with a baseball bat. Um, I don't think she, phys- she doesn't physically harm any human beings in, in the video. 
right? No, 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 no. 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 So it's property destruction. So this also goes yeah. back to this question of like, I'm not, I'm not sad about property destruction. I am not a person yeah. who this is. This goes back to like respect, respectability politics and a lot mm-hmm. of the critiques from mostly white people and some black people um, about the way that Black Lives Matter and in Ferguson in particular responded to these these deaths by breaking windows and setting cars on fire and what rioting, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm you're never going to find me saying that people shouldn't do that. Like I think I, I did a long time ago, actually, when I was a pacifist, I critiqued my comrade anarchist friends who who did stuff like that but I've moved beyond that and I think that you know when oppressed people experience violence on a daily basis like smashing a window isn't the end of the world I don't necessarily think it's bringing about the important change that we need you know this goes back to sort of these lifestyle politics right like this individual action is like can be really important and healing in some ways. And uh, so I don't I don't have the same response to it that Belle does, but I feel like Belle's probably writing from her sort of Buddhist perspective, whereas I'm, I agree with that for from a personal level, um, but I support violence as, as, as a tool of resistance. Now, granted, this video is, Beyonce's resisting like a cheating a cheating husband, not white supremacy necessarily. I don't know, you can have interpretations of it, but um so that was a lot. But does that that's some thoughts I had. No, that's great. And I um I guess to take that conversation to more of a media studies focus, um, you know, Bell Hooks puts a lot of pressure on Beyonce to perform the victim or the survivor of domestic violence in a better way. So Beyonce is disappointed in how Beyonce performed being a domestic or I don't know, domestic violence, cheating. I'm not, I'm not, does she talk about domestic violence outright? I I don't see that's confusing to me because I didn't see any aspects of domestic violence as. Okay. I'll take off that word. Um, Maybe, maybe I, maybe I missed something. No, no, Um, no. I think it's more emotional violence. So I mean, like, yeah. So she says, um, I guess she, what's confusing for me with bell hooks is, okay, so she says this one thing. um, And I'm wondering if she has forgotten the limits of media text. So simply showcasing beautiful black bodies throughout the film does not create a just culture or optimal well-being where black females can become fully self-actualized and be truly respected. Mm-hmm. So she was even calling out Beyonce for like, thanks a lot for showing a ton of black women in your film, but this isn't going to get us anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I said that, well, obviously, like that's the limit of media. Nobody said that... Like, we're only at, this is the step we're at, right? So the problem is there is not a lot of female, black women in in media representations. Hollywood, TV, radio, everywhere. There is not, right? Beyonce fills that gap and brings a ton of women with her. And then Bell Hook says, well, doing that isn't really going to do much. You're not going to earn the respect for black women by doing that. So, right. So dot, dot, dot. Right, right. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah. And that's very much like, you know, media studies 101, like the media can only do so much 
if you're invested in social change, you know, there has to be sort of struggle in the streets and in different spheres outside of the media, of course. But maybe maybe she just feels like it's important to kind of always say that in case That's true. Know, a generation of people are like, black women have won. We have succeeded. <laughs> Lemonade is, you know, everything's okay now because everybody's obsessed with an hour-long movie of just black women. And it's like, well, maybe maybe Bell Hooks is just like, we need to keep reminding people that, like, just because there's Oprah, just because there's Barack Obama, just because there's Beyonce does not mean racism is over. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Because I think she is obviously very annoyed with the beehive and, like, yeah. that, like, everybody is lifting Beyonce up as queen. Yeah. Um, and she's like, wait a minute, like, this it doesn't mean that we still don't have problems. Right. Um, and for example, she brought in, so another part of the essay that I really liked, which I wish the roundtable, well, whatever, it's their roundtable, I can't judge what they did, but um, the role of men, how she put it, how Beyonce framed it all as like the woman's issue, the woman's problem. Yeah. Um, and so then she writes, Bell Hooks writes, uh, and this is one where I was like, yes, you're so right. No matter how hard women in relationships with patriarchal men work for change, forgive and reconcile men must do the work of inner and outer transformation if emotional violence against black females is to end mm-hmm. yeah i i agree with that too meaning like maybe our focus should be more on i mean because this is an issue with domestic violence with cheating all the you know it's all the focus is often on the women as right. if like men cannot make any changes in their lives right um yeah, and didn't totally. Jay-Z said he was coming out with a response album, right? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, maybe that's just gossip. Who knows what I, you know, the internet. Yeah. But, um, yeah it'd be interesting. interesting to get, like, a, a male response. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point. Anyways. Um, um, can we talk? Uh, how are we doing on time? I didn't look at the clock when we, when we started. We have 10 more minutes to blow people's minds. Okay. Shoot. Oh, okay. Well, we still have to do your feminist pick of the week. Um, okay. Can long. I just... My can I can we just talk sort of about this sort of like femininity thing and kind of what we were talking about earlier with the language? Um, Take it away. So I just want to read again, highlight a black woman's voice instead of mine because I'm not you know this isn't this isn't my own thought necessarily. I learned it from other people. Um, Janet Mock posted Bell Hooks's essay on Facebook and then pushed back a little bit and said, "Let's move beyond the." quick baby soundbiteness of Belle versus Beyonce and discuss the dismissal of black femme feminists, which I feel parts of Belle's critique is steeped in, i.e. utterly aestheticized, these are quotes from the essay, Mm -hmm. not dressed up bodies, fashion plate fantasy, reek of judgment of glamour, femininity, and femme presentation. It echoes dismissal of femmes as less serious, colluding with patriarchy, merely using our bodies rather than our brains to sell, be seen, survive. We gotta stop this, all of us. Femme feminists, writers, thinkers, artists are consistently dismissed, pressured to transcend presentation in order to prove our woke ability. So I, I love Janet Mock. I, we just finished reading her book in my class, Redefining Realness, and I really, I really like her. Um, and she's super femme, and, uh, you know, I'm a femme-identified person, and one of Melody in my first conversations sort of debates was about agency and being you know feminine sexual in a feminine way in ways that 
appear to match hegemonic definitions of femininity um, or desirability, I guess, rather. And so I am very pro-Janet in that regard and very pro-femme and femininity in for the, some of the same reasons I was talking about earlier about language and ways of speaking. Um, even though I acknowledge that we live in a patriarchal society where our agency only gets us so far, because even if I say I wear short shorts and high heels for me, like I can't escape the fact that I live in a patriarchal world, but I think my investment in self-determination and like gender expression as making people's lives more livable is just so great that I just think if Beyonce wants to wear sexy dresses, then like, do you kind of mm -hmm. thing. I don't know. What do you think? Do you, well, my question for you is reading through the Bell Hooks essay on your own, trying to forget forget those critiques did you see her as as being that aggressive towards Beyonce about her femininity that essay in particular didn't have a ton of like super I mean it's the same it's it's the quotes that Janet Mock points out yeah um utterly aestheticized uh fashion plate fantasy um and what I think Janet is critiquing or is responding to more is Belle's history of discussing feminine sexuality Okay, because, I mean, as I read the article, I was like, or her essay, I mean, I think the word aestheticize doesn't necessarily mean, you know, anti-fem. Yeah. You know, the way I think some of these quotes, especially with the round table too, like, I feel like some of her quotes were somewhat taken out of context or like taken. I think, they, I think well, the opposite. I think they were hyper-contextualized in knowing Bell Hooks's history on this. Yeah. They were not super necessarily responding directly to the article, but I think they were responding. To right. So it, it speaks to her history, Bell Hooks's history that people yeah. have kind of had enough. Yeah. I guess people who aren't as familiar with Bell Hooks, if they read the same essay that we do, might not see it that way, you right. know? Um, right. Because as I was just, I was just looking at the essay as its own text, you know, forgetting yeah. other, you know, if I just read this and even that the part where everybody gets so mad at her, it's like. She's more saying that the fantasy world that Beyonce created in this in this film should not be taken as like a statement as to how to deal with a cheating husband or something like this is not the way that we should this fantasy world should not be turned into reality. It's like, yeah. okay, duh. Thanks, Belle. Uh, right. Got that. <laughs> but then everybody's right. like, oh, my God. Belle Hooks said that Beyonce Beyonce's world, you know, they were like. Bell Hooks is trying to tell Beyonce that her art is not going to end cheating. Like, I don't know. I just felt like people are speaking more to Bell Hooks' history than this exact essay, which kind of, yeah. con it confused me initially because I was like, really? Um, knowing Bell Hooks' history, um, clearly people are speaking to more, more than that. So, I don't know. And you know how I feel about femininity or hyper-femininity. Yeah. But I, pre I mean, what Bell, what Beyonce did in Lemonade is like beyond a stupid critique of hyper femininity not solving anything. Like right. it is way I don't why I don't why Bell Hooks would go back to that seems elementary at this point. Yeah, you know. Yep. Yep. And I'm wondering what Bell Hooks's audience was though. I mean, bringing back those really simple arguments that she's been making for a long time, right? Yeah. I think her, yeah, that's a good question. I her essay was very 101. Um, 
you know, for new feminists coming in to a world where Beyonce is your de facto mentor. Um, I think she's really scared for whatever reason for young black women to be growing up with Beyonce as their role model. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think cause the hyper femininity thing really bothers her, which I can, un- I totally, I can understand that, you know, I can understand that. Right. But right. Beyonce is so beyond that, that it's just yeah. like, yeah. Okay. She wasn't wearing pants at the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's like, she, she does, yeah. she's such a complex media text in herself that like, that's the least of my concerns in terms of like what I want to pull out. Right. Of what she does. You know, I wonder if it's this, like, Bell Hooks was politicized during a time when politics meant organized struggle in the streets. And, Mm -hmm. like, there was some crossover with pop culture, kind of, but not in the way that we have now, where you have people tweeting about Black Lives Matter, hashtag Black Lives Matter, right after they're done watching Lemonade, when you have, you know, it's, there's this sort of, there's been tons of articles about the sort of new generation of activists, particularly via Black Lives Matter. And I think if you read these like amazing pieces, again, of essays written by black women that you should read and not have me like try to summarize, but like there's like hashtag black girl magic and like black femme Mm -hmm. power and like all these different ways that I think politics just looks different today with social media, Mm -hmm. with pop culture, the way that it is. And maybe older folks who were alive, you know, before me would could argue that that's always been the case, but I think mm-hmm. it's a little different now. And so maybe Bell Hooks just doesn't, it just looks so different from what politics means to her. And I am all for wanting feminist mentors that are like actually coherently political, yeah, you know, and actually like not saying they're feminists and then, you know, <laughs> being pillars of capitalism, yeah. you know, like, or, you know, that Taylor Swift could be a feminist, you know, our feminist month, like, white lady feminists, yeah. like, whatever, or Emma Watson, and, like, all this stuff where it's, like, okay, like, we need to go deeper than that, but I think we do, I just think that activism and politics is more complex, like, I think people can hold multiple truths, that they both, like, love the shit out of Beyonce for showing, like, black womanhood in this particular way, and also, like, go in the streets the next day, and, like, you know, sit at the fourth precinct in Minneapolis or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And you bring, I think another thing that is missing from Bell Hooks's generation is, you know, we can watch Lemonade and then go online and read people's critiques on Twitter. Right. Mm-hmm. So we get kind of like, um, we get to think about it contextually with other people's opinions, like immediately afterwards. So mm-hmm. it's not like we're just sitting in our bedroom watching it and being like, thinking our own thoughts and then going Mm -hmm. to sleep. We go online and we get to see critiques and support Mm -hmm. and, oh, did you think about it this way? And now Mm -hmm. you have this complex uh, plate of things to take from Mm -hmm. and not just the initial text. And Mm -hmm. with Bell Hooks just taking the initial text, sure. But she's forgetting that in our generation, we're having all these multitude of conversations everywhere, helping us understand what we're watching. Um. Totally. Which yeah. allows for some more possibility. So Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Dang, and we're smart. Funny. We're so smart. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to have, <laughs> it is a, it is a deep privilege of grad school to be able to like think about just like literally think about things all the time. And it's fun. It's also you know, it can be stressful too, but it's a it's a privilege and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so your feminists, we usually do either what we're reading, watching, listening to, or feminist pick of the week, um, or month, I guess, is kind of what more so what it usually ends up being. So what is your feminist pick of this month? You should use the acronym WRLing, RWLing. That's no, just... but it's different because we're, we either say that or we do a feminist. Program. I know, but I was just saying when you explained reading, watching, listening. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I said both. Maybe you did. Anyway. I, sorry. Just <laughs> if, to, in, in 2016, you need to use acronyms more. Okay. I've learned this. Okay. Yep. Fair. <laughs> I still have a CD player, but I... But you're into the acronyms. Already. I'm just making... Sorry, I was teasing you. Okay. <laughs> feminist pick of the week is <laughs> Rihanna. <laughs> Because I've been into her anti-album lately, and her last song on the album is about how sex with her is super amazing. Mm-hmm. And I just I just love that. And I really, and I was thinking about her on my drive home, and how she is, she's a similar, you know, feminist icon as, as Beyonce. Um, but Rihanna's deal is she, for better or worse, I don't love this, but I do admire it, that she, like, takes on this aesthetic of a hip-hop thug but makes it super sexy and feminized and mm-hmm. so she has that song um can, you, can po- you like you obvious caveat you use the word thug like with a lot of intentionality and like you're not perpetuating oh, i'm sorry it's yes. just you know for folks that you know aren't immersed in our conversations like you obviously aren't saying thug the way that like oh yeah i'm sorry yeah yeah it's like the tupac shakur thing of of calling of using the word thug like right uh yes i'm sorry no that's okay it's just most a lot you know a lot of white people say thug in a very different way so i just want to say that you've that was intentionally not a pejorative no it was not it was a uh respectable description of uh certain hip-hop people that are often male um that hustle on the street and hustling in a in a black capitalistic kind of way uh interesting yes uh i'll have to let me dig up the tupac shakur thing about being a thug because Mm -hmm. it's a very interesting he has got a really interesting theory on it anyways so she's got that song like pour it up pour it up watch it out fall out and she's sitting on a throne and she's just talking about like guns and drugs um Mm -hmm, and i'm like mm -hmm. oh that's cool. Like you're basically taking on that image and like making it work. Um, and like, she calls herself the bad B word, the bad bitch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, like this video that I just watched from her new album, she like, just shoots a guy. Like the whole video is about her killing a guy in a strip club. Mm-hmm. Not again, this obviously lots of layers with Beyonce thing, but it's very rare to see a woman character like that. Like a, a mu- musician artist, Mm-hmm. That is just like full on, like, like thuggish in a, and again in a good way. Like, that's like it's the only way I can describe. So, I know. So loaded. I know mm-hmm. in a in a Tupac way. How can I say that word differently? I don't mean it in that way too. Oh, it's so funny in the circles. Like you're so right. Like when I read somebody saying like, um. She's like a hip hop mogul, basically, like a, yeah. a a male hip hop mogul, but it's like she's done it her way, feminized. This is so interesting. This is like coming full circle because for me, I'm like, yeah, okay, I see, like, I I see how that could be cool, but I'm also like, why can't she be like 
a boss bitch in high heels not doing masculinist things, right? I, right. It's the patriarchy <laughs> tools. It's like... I know. I know. Audrey Lord. So you want to say the quote, the Audrey Lord quote? Yeah. You can't dismantle... Um, you, you can never dismantle the master's house using the master's tools. So and you so, can't dismantle yeah. patriarchy using... But this is interesting because some people would say that Rihanna behaving like a man is that that, that is the master's tools. Or some people would say beyond, or, um, Rihanna behaving like a sexy demure woman is also using the master's tools because that's like what you're like women are supposed to be so it's she can't win she can't win women can never i mean we just can't i mean let's like maybe end on that note like because i have some critique because i actually didn't like the bitch better have my money video that's another example of like women going after women and the guy gets fucked up too i think he gets Mm -hmm. too but um and isn't the bitch in the song him no it's his no it's his wife Oh, the it's, like fucking brutalized in the, in in the and granted it's a white lady and there's a lot of really good literature or like art thing pieces on yeah. the internet being like let Rihanna have her moment with fucking white lady like let her do what she needs to do and like fine like totally but I actually <laughs> this will be my like Buddhist bell hooks moment that I was like maybe it's because I'm a fucking white lady but like I was like that video did not thrill me it was I also don't like horror movies I don't like anything slasher blood oh. no, I don't like that stuff. Do you remember, Anybody. do you remember, because the only reason I knew about that video is because Jesus was really, like, into it. Do you remember his analysis nope, he, of it? No, nope, he hated it. Okay. I, I love, I love, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, God, Jesus, we love you so much. Um, no, it was amazing, because he was, like, uh, he, he just posted it and said, okay, like, I know, like, everyone's so excited about this, but I'm not going to feel, I'm not going to celebrate Rihanna for not having for getting angry about not having another chunk of money to put in her quadrillion dollar bank account. Like I don't have time for like rich people. <laughs> like it was just a super like anti-rich people, like fuck capitalism. Rihanna's getting rich off of this. Yes. I don't have sympathy for her saying this better have my money. <laughs> Rihanna, girl, you have enough money. Like I was like, hey, Zeus. Yeah. I don't have, oh, so good. <laughs> He's so angry. I love it. Yes. Yes. So good. Okay. Um, so anyway, Rihanna's very, so it's a complicated feminist pick of the week, but I like it because that's sort of the theme of this episode. Feminism is complicated and we're just two white ladies <laughs> doing the best that we can. Yeah. Uh, All right. All right. <laughs> Maybe everyone just turned this off when I suggested it and listen to the other podcast. I think this is a good one. I'll yeah. One. All, right. All right. Let's call it. All right. All right. WTF. Power. Woo, bye. thirteen, and it's all on me, nigga. You just bought a shot. Kamikaze, if you think that you gon' knock me out the top. Shit, your wife in the backseat of my brand new barinka. Don't act like you forgot. I caught a shot, shot, shot. Like blah, blah, blah. Pay me what you want it. Don't act like you forgot. This better have my money. This better have my money. Pay me what you want me.
Bitch, but I have my wife.